And welcome to BiblioChat, brought to you by Bibliosoup.com. I'm your host, Forrest Hurlbut, and on this episode, I'd like to talk about China. We talk about China a lot on this channel, and I think for good reason. Uh, China is a growing imperial nation that is slowly growing into an international threat. Uh, so I think it's interesting to talk about them. And so on this episode, I'd like to specifically discuss how how, Chi, how China under uh, their president, Xi Jinping, is growing, is trying to strengthen their economy. So this is a very important element to uh, China's ambitions, where they're with the ultimate goal of becoming... Uh, the world's superpower. A core element to this is having an economy that can rival the United States. The United States has the most, has the most innovative, cutting-edge companies in the world, like Apple, Tesla, Google. Um, they're the most advanced and most innovative uh, companies in the world, and so. In order for China to realize uh, their ultimate goal of world supremacy, they have to have an economy that comprises of the same amount of uh, cutting-edge companies. Maybe not the same amount, but companies that can at least rival the technology of these companies. And you can imagine, it would be, we'd be living in a pretty scary world if Google... And Apple were like, if China had the equivalent of these companies. So I'd like to kind of talk about, is it possible for China to do this? To have the equivalent of them? And the reason why I don't think so is given the complexity and uncertainty of the innovation process. Where currently... Xi Jinping thinks that he can direct and guide innovation. Whereas in the U.S., the way it works right now is venture capitalists who have billions of dollars to invest are the main drivers of, uh, of funding innovation. Really small startups in the U.S. apply for funding from venture capitalists. Whereas in China, it's a little backwards, where Xi Jinping is trying to direct from the government. In the U.S., there's no government involvement in startups. But in China, Xi Jinping thinks that he can allocate funds uh, to smaller companies and markets that he thinks will be strong in the future. And I think this understanding he has really conflicts with the basic nature of innovation and what it takes for a company to be truly cutting edge. So, so here for example, um, so the average venture capital firm um, receives 4,000 applications from startups every year uh, searching for financing. And out of those 4,000, 
200 are selected. And out of those 200, only 15 will generate a significant profit, which is a 7.5% success rate. So, and so a 7.5% success rate is average. So if you're a venture capital firm uh, and you finance 100 companies and 10 of them are successful, with it, so that's a 10% success rate, that's a really good year. Um, and so this highlights how the highlights the the uncertainty and the guessing game that investing is investing in startups specifically and so you're really looking for a needle in a haystack and i think even if you look at the successful companies today that disrupted entire industries like netflix so they were founded in 1997 and this is right when, in this time period, um, this is when Reed Hastings and his co-founders were starting to discover streaming and demand and on-demand uh, video movie watching. And who would bet on Netflix that on-demand would be the future, given how entrenched? network television was you know at in 1997 seinfeld was still the number one show and if you kind of take yourself back to that period if you can i was only two years old but you can imagine if you're a bank if you're a venture capital firm and netflix applies for funding and they and reed hastings is telling you i think streaming is the future um i think on demand is going to be um, what customers are going to, what consumers are going to want. You know, it, it sounds like a good pitch, um, but you know that they're facing some of the most stiff competition in the entertainment industry, uh, and they're competing against network television that's already so supplanted uh, that as a venture capitalist, there's a lot of reasons not to invest. So kind of like my point is Netflix saying that streaming is the future. If you're living in 19, if you're living in 2000 and Reed Hastings says, I think streaming is the future, you wouldn't even know what the concept, what the concept of streaming is. And you hear similar pitches all day. Like people are saying, oh, I think this is the future. I think this is the future. And out of all of these pitches one will be good out of and you know technically like on average 200 applications 15 end up being successful and so this brings me to my final point here which is that Xi Jinping thinks that he knows what companies will be successful and what markets and technologies are going to be the future he has direct control over every aspect of the Chinese economy. And he thinks through his, his guidance uh, and his vision that he knows what the future is. And what technologies, what companies will be cutting edge and 
and uh, and world leaders in their industry. Because you really need that. You need to have companies that are world leaders like Apple and Tesla. And, and, and what it doesn't, and this innovation that is so strong in the U.S. comes from individual entrepreneurs who have the endurance and the strength and the vision and the genius to carry through their idea. It's, there's so much pain involved in being an entrepreneur because there's just so much, so much, so many doubts and like the failure rate is so high. And that's why it works in the U.S. It's kind of like the survival of the fittest. Everyone's given a fair playing field. All these entrepreneurs, all these innovators, you know, believe in an idea and they're given the upper end of they're convincing enough to venture capitalists. They can embark on their idea. And if it doesn't work, uh, whatever. Whereas in China with Xi Jinping, he's kind of just guessing and thinking which companies will succeed, which results in an environment where certain companies that are probably that most likely aren't going anywhere are given a boost, are given support. And so it's, it, it's, it becomes an unlevel playing field in China. So in conclusion here, cutting-edge innovation stems from individual entrepreneurs who have the freedom to pursue their vision. And in order to pursue their vision, they have to be compelling and uh, persuasive to venture capitalists in order to receive funding. Cutting-edge innovation does not stem from government involvement. And the ultra-low success rate of startups shows the difficulty, the uncertainty, and all of the doubt surrounding startups and the challenge that entrepreneurs have. And despite this uncertainty of startup investing, Xi Jinping believes he can handpick which companies and markets and technologies will be successful in the future. And I believe it's for this reason that China will always be a threat, but never a world superpower.